On today's episode of a Wicked Good Patriots podcast, I recap the Patriots versus Miami Dolphins week one showdown. I go over a troubled offense and why I think the Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, co-offensive coordinator gig is not working. I also talk about the new look defense, which I actually thought was pretty good in week one. Uh, it wasn't the kind of results you wanted, but there were some positives, believe it or not, to take out of the game. I'll get into all of that and more on a Wicked Good Patriots podcast. Make it to work. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of a Wicked Good Patriots podcast uh, presented by Guy Boston Sports. Of course, I am your host, Anastasios Karimos. They call me the Greek Freak. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. Football is back, folks. Patriots football is back, and I am so excited to break it all down with you, talk about Patriots week one uh, matchup versus the Miami Dolphins. Before we get into the recap, a little housekeeping. Because obviously this is uh, this is our very first episode here on GuyBostonSports.com. And uh, I thought I would just kind of go over what this show will be, kind of the format this show will take going forward. And um, then we'll get right into the uh, week one recap. So this show, give a little background. If you don't know me, um, I've been doing podcasting for a couple of years now. This is my second show that I'm doing with Guy Boston Sports. My other one you can check out on GuyBostonSports.com. It's Play Action Takes with my co-host Spencer Mulkentine. Um, and on that show, it's more of a general NFL show. We kind of talk about a little bit of everything. And that's kind of been the format of most of my my podcasts that I've done is, generally speaking, it's a general NFL show. Um, you know, we talk about all 32 teams. We talk about all the big headlines. And although I do enjoy that, the problem it presents for me as a, as a diehard Patriots fan is you only have so much time to talk about the New England Patriots. You know, you only get trace amounts of minutes to talk because you have so many other teams to cover, so many other storylines to cover and headlines and, and news stories and recaps. You only have so much time you can you can give to one team without having the show run too long. So unfortunately for me on these other shows I've done, you really only get a couple minutes to talk about the Patriots. And, you know, as a diehard Patriots fan, I have so many thoughts. I love talking about the Patriots. I do it. You know, I own a restaurant, Great Oak Pizza. Um, you know, when I'm with my customers, I love talking Patriots football. I love talking Patriots football with my friends, my family. So it's something that I love to do. And so I thought to myself, well, why don't I just make a show where all I do is talk Patriots football? And the format of the show. Um, today's Monday. The shows will always come out Monday and Friday. All right. So on Mondays, like today's show, will generally be a recap episode where we'll break down the the previous Patriots games on Sunday and kind of give you my thoughts, my my feelings on the game, my analysis, if you will, um, of the previous week. So that'll always be on Mondays. The show will always drop around uh, 10, 10.30 a.m. on, on Mondays. Um, and like I said, those will always be 
recaps of the previous game. And then I'll be dropping a second episode on Fridays, which will be a preview of the upcoming weekend's game. So like this Friday, there'll be a week two Patriots preview episode dropping. So that's that'll be the format of the show. Uh, will be Mondays and Friday mornings. And Monday, like I said, will be recaps of the previous week game. The Friday episodes will be a preview of um, of the games to come. So um, today, like I said, is a, is a recap day. The only time that schedule will change is when the Patriots don't play on a Sunday. You know, like if they play on a Thursday or a Monday. Or I don't think they have a Saturday game this year, but I could be wrong. That'll be the only time the schedule changes is if they play on an off day, which, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but with housekeeping taken out of the way, let's jump right into the week one Patriots recap against the Miami Dolphins. Um, I did do a Patriots postgame live show. I'll be doing that all season long with Guy Boston Sports. So I did give my initial reaction on that show. And um, I, I've sat with it. I actually rewatched my postgame live to kind of this morning before I did this to kind of look at my thoughts and see, has anything changed? And my thoughts about the game in a nutshell are still the same. Uh, I think it was a bad loss. Um, it's not the result that we wanted in week one. You don't want to start off the new year uh, with a loss like that. There was good, though, that came out of the game. Like that's, that's the thoughts that I had yesterday when I first came out was it was a bad loss. It's not what you really wanted to see, but I did think there were some positives to take away that kind of encouraged me moving forward. Um, I will say my stance on the offense, which we will jump into first, is talking about the, the offense. My stance on the offense has changed a little bit. On my post-game live show, I kind of talked about how I thought, you know, the offense wasn't great, but I do think there was stuff there to like, and I do think there was encouraging signs. I still think that to an extent, but I am more worried about the offense the more I've thought about it. The one big takeaway and the one positive thing, and I said it yesterday on the show, was I think that the Patriots are going to be a little bit more aggressive throwing the football this year, which for me is exciting because last season, obviously, they were a more run-heavy team. They had, you know, Josh McDaniels really didn't, I think, trust Mac enough, Mac Jones, to throw the ball downfield. So they were very conservative with their offense. They really had the training wheels on him, and they didn't let him do too much which to me was a little bit disappointing because I do think Mac Jones is a decent passer. Um, and that was what I was looking for last season. There were so many times where I thought <clears throat> they over-relied on the run and there were moments where they should have passed the ball and they simply didn't. And so that's the one thing I, I took away from the, the season opener versus Miami was they at least were trying to push the ball downfield. He took, you know, Mac took some deep shots. Uh, he wasn't just throwing little five-yard passes to the running back or a, or a receiver. He was actually trying to move the ball, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 yards downfield, which to me is encouraging. I, it, did it work out yesterday? Not really. A couple times it did. Um, but it, to me it's an encouraging sign just the fact that, you know, they actually are moving the football downfield and trusting Mac to throw. To me that's an encouraging sign. That's, I think, the the big positive I took away from yesterday was the fact that they are being more aggressive throwing the football. 
And also the fact that Mac Jones is spreading the wealth. He's not just targeting one receiver. They're able to spread the ball to, you know, Jacoby Myers got got play and Nelson Aguilar and Parker and Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Like they were, in, you know, Ty Montgomery. They were moving the ball pretty well, spreading it around. And, you know, they actually were marching down the field on a number of occasions. Now, once they got into Dolphins territory, it became a little bit of an issue, but we'll get into that. Um, but that, that was the big positive I took away was the fact that Mac Jones – they're giving him more leeway to throw the football and, and taking shots downfield and stuff. And that's an encouraging sign moving forward because, again, last season I think that was one of the biggest flaws of the team was Josh McDaniels, you know, his inability to trust Mac to throw the football. But yesterday I gave a little bit too much credit, I think, to the offense because I think besides that point of them being more aggressive with throwing the ball, I didn't like – much more of, of what happened yesterday. And I actually went back and I watched the re, you know highlights of the game. And uh, this offense is going to be a bit of a problem, I think. And I said, you know, first and foremost, the biggest problem, and I think I said this on the show yesterday too, not to keep going back to yesterday's show, but <clears throat> the biggest takeaway I had was uh, this, this co-offensive play calling thing, it's not working. It's been the it was the biggest headline of the offseason for New England. You know, the fact that they they didn't have an offensive coordinator and they were going with Joe Judge, a special teams guy, failed head coach, and Matt Patricia, a defense guy and another failed head coach. They were going with those two to run the offense and they're they're basically co-offensive coordinators and Bill Belichick is also involved with the offense too, like he's got a role to play like <clears throat> excuse me, it just feels like there's just too, it's just too disorganized and so messy, and it doesn't feel like a New England Patriots thing. Like, when we think about the New England Patriots, do you think disorganized? Do you think chaos? Because for 20, 20-some-odd 20 years, this organization was the model of consistency and success and being organized and doing your job and, and just being smarter than everybody else. And it really feels like we've fallen from grace. And uh, this co-play calling thing, to me, is really the sign that maybe Belichick has lost his way. Maybe the the you know the six Super Bowls and the you know two decades of success maybe it got to his head, and he feels a little invincible now. Like he feels like he can't do no wrong because he's done a lot of wrong lately. And I think this is a big problem. Not you had a brilliant opportunity this offseason to get a new voice in the offense in to modernize Patriots football. And that was one of my biggest problems. And I was actually happy at the time when Josh McDaniels left for Vegas because I felt like Josh McDaniels, he was holding this offense back at times because his style was just so old school. And again, that's not 100% on him. That's also Belichick too. But I felt like McDaniels, his play calling had gotten so stale. It was so unimaginative. And I was excited when I heard that he was leaving. I'm like, okay, good. This is what we needed. We needed a fresh voice. Get McDaniel's out. Bring somebody younger. Bring somebody who has some new ideas into the building. And they just never did that. They just decided, you know what? We're not going to hire somebody new. We're not going to bring an offensive coordinator in. We're just going to go ahead and bring in two of our former assistants that failed somewhere else. And we're going to have them run the offense. And, it, and you're seeing it already. And, I, and, you know, I held out a little bit of hope. I was thinking, all right, it's the preseason. It's training camp. People are talking so much about it. But you know what? Let's see what happens. And I watched that game yesterday. 
and, and it's just it's chaotic. And the worst part is it's, it's become a joke. It's it's honestly embarrassing when you listen to the commentators just basically making fun of you the entire game because they're like, oh, who's got the play sheet now? Who's calling the plays now? Who's Mac Jones running to now? It's it's a joke. It's literally a joke. It's embarrassing. It's just I can't believe Belichick would allow this to happen. Like <clears throat> you're telling me you couldn't pick one coach in the world to run the offense. I mean, why not? If you're going to bring back former assistants, that's what you wanted. Why not bring back Bill O'Brien? He was available. And, and I mean, I don't know what happened behind the closed doors, but I got to assume Bill O'Brien was interested in the job. Why would you not bring Bill O'Brien back? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if, you're, if you didn't want to bring in a new fresh voice, you wanted assistance back, right? You wanted to bring back guys that you know work. Why not bring back Bill O'Brien or bring somebody? I don't, it, just, it doesn't make sense to me why he was so adamant on just bringing back Judge and Patricia. And I don't mind bringing Judge and Patricia back into the fold. Like I, I, When they brought them back, I thought it was a smart move. You, you know, No matter what, <clears throat> they know Belichick. They've had success under him. But the problem is I, I liked the move if they were coaching their previous positions. If Matt Patricia was helping with the defense and Joe Judge was running special teams. If that was the case, then I'd be like, all right, great hires, great decision by Belichick. I love it. But that's not what happened. He brings Patricia back, and in year one, he was like a defensive assistant, <clears throat> which, okay. And now he's the offensive coach, and then Joe Judge, they bring him back. And, I mean, Joe Judge has experience coaching offense, but he's a special teams guy primarily. And, and so you have these two, and it's like, it just it looks like dumb and dumber out there, truthfully. The, the answer to fixing this problem, honestly, is they need to, to bring in an, an actual offensive coordinator. I don't think that'll happen this season. I feel like Belichick will stick to his guns. I can't imagine midway through the year they're going to fire or, or move any of those guys and bring in somebody from the outside. But that's what needs to happen. They need to bring in a new, fresh voice in the offense, offensive coaching. And it's not going to happen this season, unfortunately. If we're going to stick with this, if we're going to stick with one of these guys running the offense, I do think the way to maybe make it a little bit better is to go ahead and name one offensive coordinator. No more with this Patricia's calling plays and Judge is calling some plays and, and who has the play sheet. And <clears throat> I think if you're going to stick with these one of these guys, ride with one. And I think you should just name Joe Judge the offensive coordinator. I think if I think that's the way to at least make it a little bit better in the short term is all right let's let's clear the confusion Joe Judge is the offensive coordinator Patricia can still contribute to the offense but Joe Judge is the guy calling the plays he's the guy running the offense I think that's what needs to happen they need a central figure in the offense that's running the plays that's running the offense and if you're going to pick between Judge and Patricia personally I'd rather Joe Judge so that's that's where I come from with with the coaching thing. It's been a big problem. It's a big been a big talking point all off season, um, but I, I think that that's the way you, you you maybe fix that in the short term is, is just name one of and even if you name Patricia, just name one guy. I think they need some clarity in one central figurehead for the offense. Right now, I just feel like there's way too much confusion, and you're seeing it on the field. Um, so that that's where I that's where I come from with that problem. And there are, there are multiple problems on this offense. The other problems I saw in yesterday's game, and it, the other one is, again, it's another problem that's kind of been haunting the Patriots for years now, is 
the wide receivers. Now, when you have the highest paid wide receiver room and the highest paid tight end room in the National Football League, you'd think you'd be halfway decent, but not not the Patriots. Um, listen, I think the receiver room is better this year than it was last year. Don't get me wrong. I think they have more to work with. I, I, I just... I think this wide receiver room is still mediocre at best. I don't think there's a there's a special playmaker in here. This team for the last this wide receiver room for the last I want to say maybe three years has really felt like a team that is just filled with guys who are good complementary receivers, but they lack a true star. Um, you know, Devontae, they went out and got Devontae Parker, and I don't hate that move, and I still don't hate the move because he is the best deep threat receiver, you know, best 50-50 ball receiver we've had in a long time. But that's a problem because Devontae Parker, even at his best, he's not a number one. At best, I think he's a good number two receiver. Like, he's the second option. He's not a wide receiver one. There isn't a wide receiver one on this roster. Jacoby Myers. Great, consistent, and you see he's him and Mac Jones. They've got chemistry. He likes to go to him. Jacoby Myers is not a wide receiver one. He's a wide receiver two or three. Kendrick Bourne, who I'll talk about in a few minutes, you know he was nowhere to be found. I think he's a wide receiver three or two. Tyquan Thornton, we don't really know what to expect from him, but I don't really think he's a wide receiver one. I think he's a wide receiver two, three or four. That's the problem with the Patriots right now is they don't have a premier playmaker. And if you look at the best teams, they've all got playmakers. The Buffalo Bills have Stephon Diggs. The Dolphins, you saw yesterday with Tyreek Hill. You know, and they have Jalen Waddle too. Both of those guys I think are number one caliber receivers. Uh, I mean, the, the Chiefs, I mean, they don't really have a, a wide receiver. I think it would probably be Juju if it, if it was. or But technically that's Travis Kelsey is their wide receiver one. He's their best weapon. You know, the Chargers have Keenan Allen. Uh, you know, the Rams have Cooper Cup. I mean, I can go on and on. But the best teams have premier playmakers at wide receiver. <clears throat> and we just don't have that. We don't. And there, there's a problem that I saw multiple times yesterday where the, the receivers are just not getting separation, which has been the problem really since Brady had been here, right? It, it was a problem last year. It was a problem the Cam Newton year. <clears throat> and it was, <clears throat> excuse me. And it was a problem Brady's last year, too. It's been an ongoing problem for the last three, four years where New England does not have players who can get open and make things happen. Really, since Rob Gronkowski retired the first time, that's the last time that New England had, you know, when they had Edelman and Gronk, that's the last time they had guys who could get open and can make things happen on the offense and open things up. That's the problem. Like, Mac Jones, there were a couple plays where he actually had a decent amount of time, but nobody's open. And he's got to force the ball into tight coverages. And, you know, even like the Devontae Parker, you know, the interception in the first quarter, that was a good ball by Mac Jones. Just great coverage. I mean, he's just Devontae Parker couldn't get up and create the separation. Was it a penalty? I personally think so. It should have been P.I. on Xavier Howard. But they didn't call it. And at the end of the day, like Devontae Parker, you're you're a 50-50 guy. That's what you got to That's what we brought you in for is for those kind of plays. And I felt like, I don't know, even with the little bit of a grab by Howard, should have made a better effort on the play. I mean, Howard's a great defender, don't get me wrong, but it just felt like the entire game, like the, no one was getting open. And when they did, it just wasn't, you know, either either wasn't open, like they were open like five yards down the field with little quick, you know, short passes, which is what they did last year and they had success with. But 
The problem is New England needs to move the ball down the field more. Um, and even when they did get the ball moving downfield and they did get open, like Nelson Aguilar in the second half fumbles. So it, the wide receiver room is still a problem to me. I, I, I'm not going to completely you know, sell my stock in it because I do think that Parker will get better. It's his first game. You know, Kendrick Bourne, will, I don't know what happened there. He only, you know, got, tar- I think, two targets the whole game. Hopefully he'll get, you know, a, a bigger role in the offense. He was a big piece last year for that team, and him and Mac Jones had great chemistry. I'm, I'm actually surprised how little involved he was in the offense. Um, but, you know, hopefully things will settle out and, and we'll start getting better. But that's what I saw yesterday. Against a good secondary, don't get me wrong. But there were a lot of times where Mac felt like he had time in the pocket and just nobody could get open. No one could get separation. No one could make those plays that needs to be made. And that's a problem. And the last thing on the offense is just, you know, the running game wasn't effective yesterday either, which I think that's the biggest red flag because that is where New England is, you know, I think they're still, their strength is their run game. And their ability to run the football is what takes pressure off Mac Jones and allows him to grow because it's going to take time for him and these receivers to get better. And, you know, he, this is the first time really where I feel like they're trusting him to move the ball downfield. It's going to take time. The, they, I thought they could lean on the run game, but yesterday they couldn't. They had 78 rushing yards on 22 carries, which, if you break it down, that's 3.5 yards a carry. Not really the best. I mean, you know, not a really great game. Damian Harris was their best runner. He had, what, 49 yards on eight carries? That's okay. That's fine. I mean, I, I understand they didn't run the football as much as they usually do. But they were getting stopped a number. Of, like, they were not having a good time running the football. You know, when they tried to kick it outside and run it outside, I think the stat was they had, like, one yard rushing on outside runs when they when they tried to, you know, to punch it outside. It's yeah, it just wasn't like I was watching like man, they they can't run up the middle. Like that was one thing that they had last season was their big strength was, you know, their ability to run the football. And Harris, yes, he had 49 yards and eight carries, but he had like two or three big runs that he broke off for, which means that like he had two, maybe three good runs and the rest were were kind of eh. You know, there were a lot of times on these short down yard like second and three and third and two and stuff like that where they tried to run up the middle where last year that was usually automatic. And this year, this game, they, they were getting stopped consistently. I mean, they were they really looked like they were having a hard time running the football and, and pl- doing that, you know, pound the rock kind of style that they had last season, which is alarming. But, you know, again, I got to give credit to the Dolphins. They actually are good defensive teams. So, you know, it, it's not like we're playing the Jets. It's not like we're playing, you know, the, the Cowboys defense, although they actually, Michael Parsons is disgusting on that defense. You know, it's not like we're playing a team with a weak defense. We're playing a team that, that you know, they have a great secondary. Their defensive line is, is pretty good. Um, so I going forward, we'll see. But the offense definitely worries me a lot. And I definitely think that was, that was a, a alarming. I do like the fact they were more aggressive. But again, the fact that they had a hard time running the football. No one was getting open. The play calling seems disorganized. There are a lot of issues here, and it's only week one, so it's not time to overreact too, too much. But it is going to be interesting moving forward to see what's going to happen um, with the offense. So it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on in the coming weeks because if they don't get it going in the next couple weeks, this schedule gets a heck of a lot tougher. Uh, in the second half of the season. So they, they really do have to kick it up. And, and, and if they have any hope of, of making the playoffs or, or being close to that, 
they got to they got to start off strong. And right now, you saw with week one, not really a strong start. So, offense definitely has me worried. The defense, on the other hand, <clears throat> I'm not going to go crazy into it. Uh, but I thought they actually played great. And I actually, funny enough, I was I said it yesterday too on the post game show. I was more worried about the defense, believe it or not, coming into the season than I was the offense. And the reason for that being the fact that this team is a lot of fresh faces, a lot of guys who really haven't gotten a ton of playing time, guys who maybe have been on the Patriots, but they just, you know, they kind of rode the bench. You know, a lot of new faces, a lot of guys who are for the, really for the first time getting major opportunities within the team. And so I was nervous. They actually played pretty well. The goal of the offseason defensively for the Patriots was get younger, get faster, get more athletic. I think they absolutely did that yesterday, and you saw that. <clears throat> Kyle Duggar in particular. I mean, he's been there, but he really had a great game yesterday. Some of the tackles for losses he had. I mean, he, he was all over the place. Guy's a dog. You know, they, they were moving around the field a lot better. I think if this was last year's Patriots team, this loss could have been worse. Because I feel like, you know, if you had Hightower and Van Noy and, you know, those older guys, I feel like this game could have went a lot different because that they have so much speed in Miami between the receivers and the running backs. And they, they might be the fastest team in the NFL. They probably are the fastest team in the NFL. And so I think this was a really a good first test for that defense to show what getting younger and more physical can do for you. You know, you get younger and faster, you can hang with teams like the Dolphins. You can actually kind of contain them. And listen, it wasn't a, a dominating performance by any means, but when you think about it, right, they scored 20 points. Holding a team in today's NFL to 20 points is not a bad game. Like, if you hold a team to 20, I feel like that's not a horrible effort. It's not obviously a dominating performance, but... Holding a team to 20 points is pretty good. In today's NFL, where offenses are scoring at a higher rate. But really, the defense only gave up 13 points because seven of those 20 came off a strip sack, fumble, six. So 13 points, and then another one of those three points came off of the interception, which they still drove down the field and scored, but it was off a turnover. So even if if you take away points off turnovers, it's only 10 points they gave up, including the field goal which is partially on the defense, 13 points to the Miami Dolphins is not bad. You could say what you want about Tua, and he didn't have the greatest game yesterday. I mean, I thought he played pretty well. He had a couple of missed throws here and there. Um, but when you have that kind of a – when Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are on the other side of the field and you can hold them to 13 points defensively, that's pretty good. Like, I, I really did like what I saw. and they, I mean, they were, they were putting the young corners – uh, you know, they put the young corner Jones right on Tyreek Hill. And yeah, Tyreek Hill still put up numbers, but not what he's you would not what he would usually put up, not what you would think against like a rookie corner. So, you know, I, I came out of this game actually relieved from the defense, thinking, okay, the defense will actually maybe be a strength this season. I mean, it was a strength last year too, don't get me wrong, but like I said, they were kind of slower when they played those more physical, fast teams. They struggled. I think that this year they could actually be you know, they could match up pretty well against these younger, faster teams, uh, especially when you're in the AFC. It's a big because a lot of these teams in the AFC are young, fast teams. So I was encouraged. I, th- I really I liked what I saw from the defense. I thought it was very encouraging. It was, I think, definitely the, the, the big bright spot from the game was the fact that the defense looked pretty good. Um, 
they did. They should have had some turnovers. That's, I think, the one big negative I'll say about the defense is the fact that, you know, they dropped some interceptions. There was a couple times fumbles, the ball comes out, they couldn't get on it quick enough. There's a couple times where they did get on it, but they were ruled down by contact. Uh, so that's, I think, the one last big negative from the game was the fact that we lost the turnover battle by three, right? Minus three in the turnover differential. <clears throat> and when you have an offense that's struggling, that's not going to win you the football game. There's only a handful of teams that could have a minus three turnover differential and win a football game. You got you can't turn over the football. You know, the Mac Jones interception, I don't I, I said it yesterday too. I didn't hate it because it was a good decision, it was a good throw. It's you know, Park it should have been a PI, I think. Either way, Parker could have made a little bit of a better effort on it. He kind of misjudged, I think, a little bit. Um, but that's a, you know, it's a tip pick in the air. I'm not I don't hate that. The strip sack and the the Nelson Aguilar fumble. Those are unforgiving. Those are ones that's like, come on, guys, got to be better. But you know, you you got you can't lose a turnover battle. That that's the reality. I think the stat is in the last two seasons the Patriots are one and eight when they lose a turnover battle. Which I mean, that makes sense when a team loses a turnover battle. More often than not, you're going to lose the game. So and that was the thing. Like you know, the defense played well. Had they gotten one of those interceptions or, or recovered one of those fumbles, game maybe goes a little bit different. But yeah, I mean, you know, Nelson Aguilar. Fumbles that, I mean, the turnovers really killed them because if you think about it, you know, if, if that ball wasn't picked, let's say they call PI or even, you know, they score a touchdown or something there, they they had momentum. You know, if Aguilar doesn't fumble, there was a 13-point game in the second half and he fumbles when they were in Dolphins territory. Like, they were moving the ball a couple of times and turnovers and, and, and stuff like that kind of stopped them in their tracks. So, losing the turnover battle, we got to work on that. Uh that definitely, I think, killed any chance of the Patriots getting back into the game. And, yeah. So, I mean, coming, like I said, overall thoughts coming out of that game. I think Mac Jones looked okay. He was 21 for 30, 213-yard touchdown and a pick. And, again, the pick, I don't really hold that 100% on him because it was a good throw and a good decision, just uh, a questionable play because I thought that should have been P.I. But, you know, it was a good defended play by Xavier Howard and a great, you know, job by Javon Holland going and grabbing the interception. Um, my, like I said, my overall thoughts are Mac Jones didn't look terrible. He didn't look his best, but, you know, he was okay. I mean, he was moving the ball downfield for the most part. He was trying to move the ball downfield. It, it's difficult when you have receivers who can't get open. Um, the defense was encouraging, but the offense definitely scares me, and I think that's definitely will be the key to this season is can they figure out some of the, the kinks in this offense? Can they figure it out and fix it? If this is what the offense is going to look like all season, it's going to be a long year, I'll be honest. I'm hoping that this was a, a mixture of week one. You know, you got to get into it. you got to get back into the swing of things. And, you know, just some early season, I don't want to say rust. I don't think it's the right word, but some early season struggles. You know, every team in the beginning of the season, unless you're like the Chiefs yesterday or, you know, the Bills against the Rams week one, most teams week one, you know, you're working out some kinks in the systems. You're working out you know, some early issues that will hopefully be resolved in, in the early weeks. And so I'm hoping that the offense will naturally improve. <clears throat> but I'd be lying if I said I'm not nervous. I am definitely nervous. I think the defense calmed my nerves a little bit. It's funny because actually I was more worried about the defense. And the defense I'm actually confident in now. I think it's going to be a good season defensively. But I'm actually way more nervous offensively because I thought – 
you know, I, I didn't watch too much of the preseason. I didn't buy too much into the, the training camp storylines. <clears throat> so I I was I, I, I had my doubts about the, the co play calling and, and you know the struggles with Mac on the in training camp in the offseason, but I kind of thought of it like, all right, it's just kind of smoke and mirrors. I don't think it's it's as bad as maybe people make it seem. Now I think it's as bad as it was. Like I, I now I believe all the reports coming out of camp and preseason. Of, you know this offense is struggling. And it's, it's a problem. I now 100 percent believe it, and uh, it's definitely alarming. So in one aspect, I actually got more confident in the team in terms of their defense, but I got a lot less confident in the offense. So coming out of week one, again there were some positive. It, it wasn't a complete disaster. It wasn't good. It was a brutal loss. Don't get me wrong, but Miami's a good team. We always seem to struggle in Miami. We've actually lost. We're now 0-4 against the Dolphins with, when they have Tua, which is crazy to me because, you know, Belichick against young quarterbacks usually dominates, but against Tua and the Dolphins, he struggled. Miami is one of just one of those teams, and it goes back to Brady, too. This isn't just a new thing. Like, we struggled for years when we had Brady. We struggle against the Dolphins, especially in Miami, so... I get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not... I, I, I will be honest when I say, I came into this game expecting a loss. I didn't come in thinking we're going to beat the Dolphins. I know I wrote on Twitter that I said Patriots 23, Dolphins 20. But I really did not believe the Patriots were going to win this football game. Um, did I think they would lose it as bad as they did? No, I thought it would be a closer game. I thought it would be like a, you know, 23-20 Dolphins or 2017 Dolphins. You know, I knew they'd win the game. I knew they weren't going to score 30-plus points. I didn't think New England would only score one touchdown. I thought they'd have a little more success offensively. But again, turnovers and just some bad play calling decisions in Dolphins territory, stalled drives. So, you know, coming out of week one, am, are we as Patriots fans, should we be super thrilled? No. Definitely, there are nerves, but I don't think it was all bad. I do think there are signs of encouragement. <clears throat> I need to see more. I need to see a couple more games. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before I uh, before I give my my real like before I put the panic button meter on the Patriots before I start hitting the panic button and I'm like oh god this is a problem I want to see how they do against uh, Steelers next week I want to see how they do in the coming weeks but this team if I'm being honest right now I think their ceiling is probably eight wins nine wins like I think their over under for the season was eight and a half I don't love that. I think it's probably going to be under. I think it'll be like around seven or eight. If they win more than eight games, I'll honestly be surprised. But who knows? If things start improving, if the offense finds a little bit of a rhythm, this defense is pretty good, and I think it could be good enough to help them win maybe nine, ten games. But they need the offense to step it up. So um, those are my thoughts on week one, guys. Thank you for joining me on the very first episode of a Wicked Good Patriots podcast. Like I said, this will be the format going forward. Mondays, I'll be recapping. And then, like I said, this coming Friday, I'll have my Week 2 Patriots preview where I'll break down uh, Steelers-Patriots Week 2. And also, this, you know, I know I was by myself today, and I will be the first to admit, like, being by myself on a podcast is not my favorite thing in the world. It's a little more difficult when you have to sit here and talk for 30, 35 minutes straight. You know, it's not easy. Um, and so... This this won't necessarily be every week. I will have guests on sometimes, you know, whether that be friends, whether that be 
fans on Twitter, people who maybe I see who are tweeting at me, who I think maybe I'll bring them on the show. You know, I'm definitely down to have guests. Um, moving forward, I'll have, you know, I'll ask on Sunday nights for fan questions. So, you know, we'll have like a mailbag segment where we'll recap people's questions from the game. So, again, we're working on some things. Give me some time to get the, the, the rhythm down for the show. Um, but I promise you guys, you'll want to stick around. I think we're going to have a lot of fun here. This is, you know, and like I said, feedback is appreciated. Make sure, comment, give me your thoughts. And, you know, I, I want to hear from Patriots fans what you guys think um, regarding the Patriots. So, guys, thank you very much. And I will see you on Friday with my week two Patriots breakdown. Have a good week. <laughs>